Hi, I'm Daniel Foley from the Abundant Life Training Center, and welcome to our daily comedian meditation, where today we're talking about a new life to rebuild. Yesterday, I was reading in the book of Ezra, and in Ezra chapter 9, Ezra prays this prayer. He's confessing the sins of Israel to God, and he tells God, God, you gave us this new life. You gave us this new life to be able to rebuild your house, to be able to rebuild your temple. And I was just thinking about that. Isn't that what God does for us today? He gives us this new life that we can rebuild his temple. Our bodies are now his temple. Our lives are really his temple. We can rebuild this new life. I'm just thinking of in Galatians, the Apostle Paul says, I'm not going to rebuild what I already destroyed. We're buried with Christ. We're raised up to new life. This new life we live, we now live by the faith of the Son of God. Raised up to this new life to rebuild Not what we destroyed before, but to rebuild something new, to rebuild this temple for God. So we're going to be taking communion over this today, just asking God for insight and revelation into what he's done for us, and asking for his help to build, to build the right way. But why are we taking communion every day? About 10 years ago, I had pretty much no spiritual life whatsoever. Was doing life on my own without God, doing things my own way. But life wasn't going the way that I wanted it to go. At the time, I was running my personal training business, and the business started out great, but then I got into some tough times. I've got some months where the business is losing thousands of dollars in a month. I've got all the weight and stress and pressure of the business on me. My life is very unbalanced, working too much. And I remember getting to this place of going for a walk with my wife and just telling her over and over again, there's got to be a better way. There's got to be a better way to live. Shortly after that, I came across this challenge to start reading one chapter from the book of Proverbs every day. Proverbs has 31 chapters. So on day one of the month, you read Proverbs chapter one. Day two of the month, you read Proverbs chapter two, and then you keep going like that until the end of the month. And then you start back over again. Well, I've been doing this for a little while. And then one day, Proverbs 13, 22 just seemed to jump off the page at me. It says, a good man lives an inheritance for his children's children. And that verse got me thinking, what's the most valuable thing that we could pass on to future generations? Well, the Proverbs tell us, tell us that wisdom, knowledge, understanding, those are the key things. And so I made a commitment. I want to pass on manuals and lessons and teaching for all the different areas of life. Areas like purpose and health and family and finances. But when I got started, I had no clue where to start. So I began to seek after God, I began to totally immerse myself in the things of God. My relationship with him began to grow. He began to show up, began to teach me, began to train me. He taught me this whole new way of living. But we can put off that old life. We can rebuild something new. Learn how to operate our lives in a different way. We'll make God the source. We'll make God the center of it. Doing life together with him, connected with him, in partnership with him. Now, it wasn't always easy all the time. Because now we got to learn how to put off some old ways. we got to unlearn some things. And learn how to walk out this new way of life. Connected to God. At times, I found myself in some impossible-looking situations, only to see God just come through over and over again. As my trust in him just continued to grow more and more. And I just simply began to document what he was taking me through. The things that he was teaching me. And it turned into this series of books and courses that we have now called The Abundant Life Blueprint. But out of everything we do in The Abundant Life Blueprint, I do believe daily communion is the most important thing. Daily communion is what I call the number one table turner for all of life. 
has the ability to create a turning point in our life, to turn things around and change the trajectory of our lives going forward. Jesus says, as often as you do this, remember me. Something so powerful about just remembering and not forgetting, especially when we're in the busyness of life, we've got issues and problems coming at us. It helps us to abide in him so that our lives produce much fruit. 1 Corinthians 11.26 says, every time we take communion, we're proclaiming the death of Jesus. And in the case of a will or an inheritance, nothing happens until you prove the death. It's proclaiming the death. It's proving the death that sets in motion all of the benefits of this new covenant. But it's also important we take it the right way. Every time we take communion, to take it with the fear of the Lord, with deep awe and reverence for the sacrifice of Jesus and all that he went through for us. But I think it's also important we remember what his sacrifice means for us, what it did for us. So the process we use, we start with the two-minute long prayer that's mostly scripture, coming from Ephesians chapter 1 and the prayer of Jabez found in 1 Chronicles chapter 4. And then we take a few minutes to examine ourselves. Because the Apostle Paul says some people are weak and sick, and they die early because they don't examine themselves before taking communion. And if communion has the power to do that in the negative, I believe it has the power to make us healthy and strong and give us long life if we take it the right way. And then after our time of communion, we've been talking about some practical physical workout tips. Because I truly believe physical exercise is meant to teach us how to exercise our faith. Let's get started with our prayer. Heavenly Father, I pray for all those who are watching or listening, their families, all those connected to them, and our church and governmental leaders. Thank you for releasing us from darkness and transferring us into the light, into the kingdom of your dear son. Thank you for your purpose and grace given to us in Christ Jesus before time ever began. I thank you that Jesus was smitten for us so that you could fight for us. And I keep asking that you, the Father of glory, would give us the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that we would know you better. That the eyes of our hearts would be enlightened to know the hope to which you've called us and the riches of your glorious inheritance that is in us and the immeasurable greatness of your power to us who believe. The same power that you exercised in Christ when you raised him from the dead and seated him at your right hand in heavenly places. Far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. And you put all things under his feet and made him to be the head of the body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. And Father, I ask you to bless us and make your face shine upon us. Let us find grace and favor in your eyes. Expand our borders and our territory. Expand our capacity to receive your purpose and grace, your love and your goodness, and to let it flow through us so that we do good and are a blessing to people all over the world. Send us opportunities to do good and be a blessing today and help us be sensitive to those opportunities. Keep your hand on us and help us do today what's right and best in your eyes and do it with peace and joy and confidence in you. And we ask you to stretch out your hand to heal and do signs and wonders, and keep us from evil and pain. Through the mighty name of Jesus, amen. All right, we're going to go through the other half of prayer. This is our time to examine ourselves. Are we making today a masterpiece? Because when all comes down to it, we've got to walk out our relationship with God today. 
And how we're going to make today a masterpiece, we're going to get connected to him, to the master. And masters of anything are simply masters of the fundamentals. And that's what we talk about, executing these four fundamentals and bringing some presence and some fun into them today. So our first fundamental, let's get positioned in the, oh, before we go through the fundamentals, I'm getting ahead of myself. Let's remember, God's got a process. When he took the people from Egypt to the promised land, there were steps and stages and a process they went through. And in a similar way, for us to step into the inheritance and the promises that God has for us in Christ, I think there's steps and stages and a process. And these fundamentals are going to help us to walk out that process. So very simply, I think it starts with us believing God's got something better for our life, better than we could ever ask or think or dream or imagine. But it's probably going to look impossible. There's going to be the tendency to want to shrink back and go back to the way things used to be. And it's learning just to make him Lord, just walking out his plan for our life, being willing to put off our old ways and to build something new, to learn how to do life a different way. Where we make him the center, we make him the source. We learn to just follow him, to walk out his beautiful plan for our life. So our first fundamental, let's get positioned in the light today. Every day, we got to keep repositioning back into the light. And we're either in the light or we're not. We're either in the light or we're in the darkness. There's no in between. To be in the light, our first step, I believe, is just taking our position in humility today. Every day, we got to keep humbling ourselves again. Humbling ourselves in relationship to God. Humbling ourselves in relationship to other people. Because it's the humble who are given grace. It's the humble who are exalted and promoted. And we're going to receive this forgiveness from God. We're going to forgive ourselves in the middle. We're going to walk in forgiveness with other people. And to walk in the light is to walk in love, kind and patient and gentle, always assuming the best, keeping no record of wrongs, delighting in the truth, always hoping, always trusting, always persevering, because love never fails. And we're going to take our position in gratitude and praise today. One of the greatest expressions of faith, and it's one of the easiest ways to maintain our positioning all day long. And being in position is a big deal. Because it puts us in position to be able to receive everything that God has for us. When we step into the light, we're stepping into Christ. And God has taken everything that he has and he put it all in him. And we get this amazing opportunity that this day today, we have access to his spirit and power and presence. His love and peace and joy, his mind and wisdom, purpose and grace, health and energy, time, finances, resources. It's all available to be received. But then we got to learn how to get it flowing through us out into the world where we see the result or the fruit of it. So our first step, I believe, is to get in position. Our second step is to magnify the light. We're going to turn up the brightness of this light within us. And it's going to expand the capacity where God can flow more of all those good things through us. It's also going to get this new covenant rooted and established in our heart, giving us hearts that understand his grace. Making us more fixed and consistent in this. And to magnify the light, we've talked about the example of two baskets on a balancing scale. On one side, we've got a basket full of all the issues and problems and testings that we face. On the other side, we've got a basket full of our praises to God. Praising him for who he is, praising him for all that he's done in our life. To magnify the light, which basket are we going to fill up? With our thoughts, our attention, our focus? our words, our meditation, which basket are we going to put our focus on? To magnify the light, we can magnify God's word, his unfailing love and faithfulness, his mighty works that nothing's impossible with him. 
looking at all that he's done for us in Christ, all that he's done in our own lives personally. And just looking back at all that's going well, because what he started, he's going to finish. He's going to see it through to completion. Now, this is not denying that there's issues or problems. It's in the face of those issues and problems, choosing to magnify the light, to fill up that basket of praise, because we trust that God can solve those problems a whole lot better than we can. But he does give us the choice. We could choose not to do any of this. We could stay stuck in pride and rebellion, insisting on our own way, bitterness, unforgiveness, filling up that other basket with venting and complaining and pouting, toiling away in our mind, trying to figure everything out ourselves. And that's where we have to learn to recognize the symptoms. Because when we're out of position and we're magnifying the wrong things, it's going to produce some symptoms in our life. There might be the tendency to retaliate at people or withhold good things that we know to do. We might avoid people or give them the silent treatment. Or we might think God is doing these things to us. He's withholding things from us, retaliating at us, not talking to us. On the inside, you have this heaviness and weight and pressure like it's all sitting on you. You might have feelings of hopelessness or helplessness like you're trapped or you're stuck. And all that weight and pressure on the inside just drains all the energy right out of you. Emotionally, there's the fear and stress and worry. We're dreading things in the future. Envisioning all these worst case scenarios, reliving bad things from the past. And unfortunately, this can become a habit. This can become a vicious cycle that seems to keep repeating over and over again. But we take our position in the light. Usually we're more present and there's this rest in our soul. And when we rest, God goes to work. We've got fellowship with God, fellowship with people. And now he goes to work and all those good things he put in Christ just begin to flow. And now everything is effortless. Everything is energizing, free and easy. And now all of a sudden we've got hope in any and every situation because we've got God with us. And if all this weren't enough, God gives us this amazing gift of grace. If we ever get off track, it just takes a moment to turn it right back around, get back in the light again. There's grace. How do we do it? I think it starts with getting more present. Just recognizing those symptoms. Wait a minute, I'm off track right now. And understanding there's grace right now in this moment today to turn it back around, get back in position again. I think it starts with humility. Father, forgive me. I'm off track. I've missed it. We receive that forgiveness from him to forgive ourselves. We walk in forgiveness with other people and reconcile with other people. Then we start praising him and thanking him for his grace and his goodness and his love. And I like to pray this very simple prayer. Father, thank you that what you put within me is more than enough to handle whatever's coming at me today in a beautiful, graceful way. Help me tap into it and see it flowing in my life at a greater level. You go through that simple process, that weight just lifts off you. Everything begins to flow again. It's a truly beautiful thing. And then our third fundamental, we've got to stay tuned in today. Every day, God's trying to teach us and train us and navigate us. But we've got to stay tuned in to him today. My favorite way to do this is with a journal before bed. And at the very top, I like to start with what I call some filters to keep things top of mind, to help me stay in rhythm with God. Because in the Old Testament, the temple had a rhythm. There were certain things that needed to be done every day, every week, every month, and on the yearly cycle of feasts. Well, our bodies are God's temple now, as we're talking about today. And implementing that rhythm into our life is one of the best ways I've found to stay connected to him, stay tuned into him. 
So the way I use these filters, they're just short phrases or statements that I keep writing to keep things top of mind. I start at the very top with the big picture vision. Where do I feel like God's taken me in my life? What's the vision and direction I feel like he's given me for my life? And so I write at the very top personally. Abundant life training centers all over the world, making the body of Christ healthy and beautiful. Underneath that, I want to bring it down to this year. 2022, what do I feel like is the vision and direction he gave me for this year? For me personally, it's 2022, the year of the beautiful land. Then I want to bring it down to a monthly level. What do I feel like he said about this month? This month in the Abundant Life Blueprint, our message was confidence through praise. Through praising God consistently, we become more confident in our faith. Our confidence in him begins to grow. Then underneath that, I want to bring it down to a weekly level. What do I feel like God is telling me for this week? On our yearly cycle, there's different seasons of the year. Give us different reminders of God and who he is and what he's done. For example, this week, God's favor is on you. It surrounds you like a shield, and it's on you for a lifetime. His favor is on you for a lifetime. It surrounds you like a shield. So I've just got these little reminders to help keep me in tune with God, keep helping me filtering decisions that we make throughout the day. And then I like to start my journal with gratitude and praise to get in position, and then to magnify. What went well today? What are all the ways I saw God showing up today? And then I like to ask this question, God, what were you trying to show me today? And get still and listen and whatever comes into my mind, just begin to write those things down. And then we got to stay connected to him, stay tuned in to him throughout the day. If you ever feel like you're losing that connection with him, just take a couple minutes to slow down. Get more aware of his presence with you. Think of it like plugging in a phone. You're going to get powered up in him. And then our fourth fundamental, we're going to do what we know to do today. In my journal, the final thing I like to do is bring it all down into today. I like to plan out the upcoming day with God. And I've learned to stick with, what do I know to do today? Because I learned sometimes I was getting out ahead of God, toiling away in my mind, trying to figure things out, trying to force things to happen ahead of schedule. On the other side, sometimes I was procrastinating on things that I knew to do. So I've learned to stick with, what do I know to do today? That becomes the plan for the day. And then we wake up like a kid on Christmas morning excited for the day because this is the day that the Lord has made. And we remember this very important principle that the first thing out of our mouth every morning sets the tone for the whole day. As I began to learn about this, I began to seek God. What's the best thing for us to say? I felt like he was taking me back to Genesis chapter one, the very first words we see God speak. Let there be light. So that's how I start my day. Now, the very first words out of my mouth, let there be light. And it's amazing how just such a simple little thing brings a different energy into the day. And then we get connected with him. We start walking out that plan with full confidence in him. He's right there with us every step of the way. And when we get to that place of confident faith, his grace begins to surge through us. He begins to go to work. He begins to beautify our life, bring things into our life that we can never make happen on our own. And beauty is attractive and magnetic. And begins to pull more and more of everything God has for us into our life. Let's take a look at these scriptures today. I've just been meditating on this scripture over the last day or so. Ezra chapter 9 verses 8 through 9. Ezra is praying to God. The people have been exiled out of Jerusalem. They're coming back. They're getting this opportunity to rebuild God's temple. And Ezra prays. But now for a brief moment. Grace has come from the Lord our God to preserve for us a remnant, 
and to give us a stake in his holy place. Even in our bondage, our God has given us new life and light to our eyes. Though we are slaves, our God has not forsaken us in our bondage, but he has extended to us grace in the sight of the kings of Persia, giving us new life to rebuild the house of our God and to repair its ruins and giving us a wall of protection in Judah and Jerusalem. I was just thinking about this. Isn't this what he's done for us in Christ? He's given us this new life. Our old life is gone. We've been raised up to new life, seated in heavenly places with Christ, to have this opportunity to be built into this spiritual house, to rebuild the house, to restore the temple that is our body, our life, to repair is ruin. And he's given us this wall of protection. One of the concepts we talk about in my book, Seven Days with Jesus. He's given us this hedge of protection. We stay in faith. We stay in gratitude. We stay in praise. We keep magnifying the light. It does something like putting a hedge of protection around us. So Heavenly Father, we're just so thankful for these scriptures. We're so thankful that you've given us new life, this opportunity to, to build this new life, to build this temple with you. You've given us a wall of protection. We're just so thankful. And we're asking for wisdom and insight into this and what you've done for us. Asking for your help to build, to rebuild the right way, to do it together with you. We think of that on the night Jesus was betrayed. He took the bread and said, this is my body broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Just thinking about it. Jesus said, if this temple of my body is destroyed, He's going to rebuild it. He's going to be resurrected. He's going to be raised back to life. He's going to rebuild this temple in three days. And everybody mocked and scoffed at him, but he's talking about his body. They said it took 52 years or whatever it was to build that first temple. You're going to rebuild it in three days. He's talking about the temple of his body. And we are in him. We get to be in him, part of that body given us this new life to rebuild the house of our God, to repair the ruins, given us this wall of protection. In the Old Testament, one of the curses of the law, when the people were in disobedience and they messed up, was the ultimate summation of all the curse of the law. Every bad thing that there was you could think of is listed in that curse of the law. And it finally sums it up with, you're going to be totally destroyed. Jesus, it says, was destroyed on the cross. The cup of God's wrath was poured onto him. All God's anger and frustration poured onto him. But then he's raised back to life. He's victorious over death. And not only is he resurrected, but he's raised up and seated in heavenly places with Christ. And then we get to be resurrected with him. We get to be raised up, put off that old life. And we get to be seated in heavenly places with him. All through his one sacrifice. So, Father, we thank you for this bread and ask you to bless it in Jesus' name. If you have your bread, you can take your bread. So after supper, Jesus took the cup. He said, this is the cup of the new covenant. In my blood, poured out for the forgiveness of sins for many. 
It's the forgiveness of sins that releases us from darkness, transfers us into the light, into the kingdom of Jesus. And he's a great king. The king of kings, the Lord of lords. His blood cleanses us, makes atonement for us, gives us his new covenant. This blood-sworn oath that God is with us and for us, he's working for our good. So, Father, we thank you for this cup and ask you to bless it in Jesus' name. If you have your juice, you can take your juice. All right. Just thinking about this today, building our bodies. When you go into your workouts today, once you think of a longer-term perspective, every day I'm going in, I'm trying to build my body. What is training? We talk about the difference between working out and training. Training, we're going in with a plan. We're going in with a purpose. And I'm going in there not to destroy my body, but to build new capabilities, to build strength, to build endurance, to build flexibility, to build mobility. I'm going in with a plan and a purpose to train and to build this body that is God's temple. Just taking that mindset into our training today. But I hope this has been helpful for you today. If you'd like to learn more about partnering with us in the Abundant Life Blueprint, you go to the Abundant Life Training Center.com.